This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Years ago, when I lived in Helena, Montana, I had two interesting neighbors, or I should say I had two neighbors with interesting brothers. The neighbor to my right had a brother who was a college football coach and eventually coached in the NFL. You remember Bobby Petrino? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. A very successful coach at Arkansas and then uh, kind of had a scandal and and uh, yeah, th- things didn't work out. But I think he's still coaching at Louisville. But the neighbor directly across the street from me had a brother who was an extreme skier. And the, the extreme skier's name was Scott Schmidt. Uh, this guy was really legendary in free skiing. He appeared in 40 movies and if you watch video of him on YouTube I mean he is skiing off cliffs he's avoiding rocks and and crevasses I mean the danger is palpable and every run is literally death-defying you know, fly fishing is not that way. It seems rather tame. Uh, it's not an extreme sport. But don't be fooled by that. Fly fishing can be dangerous. And today we want to talk about some of the dangers that you'll face. If you're aware of them, you can take the necessary precautions and stay safe and alive. So Dave, what's one of the dangers fly fishers face? Before I begin, I should say, wasn't one of your neighbors also the Unabomber in Helena? <laughs> you know, that that's a another story he wasn't my neighbor but I know I saw him in the public library I used to go there to do work and these guys would come down from uh, the the mountains up near Lincoln and you know scruffy beards and and I think I I know I saw him in there before I think man I'm I'm glad I I wasn't too uh, you know rude or anything because he was I think researching his next pipe bomb or preaching at him yeah not have enjoyed that yeah no that's for sure wow okay the first danger is falling and this is an obvious uh, danger but as as you get older it becomes even more dangerous and you're an expert uh, at this aren't you Dave? i am an expert <laughs> at this i am no iron man athlete as anybody would it would attest especially one of my friends uh from high school who you know he's in his 50s and does an iron man wow. every every year in fact fun story is that my senior year i played nine man football and i was the middle linebacker <laughs> and if you look at me you go um wow that was a you know wow you know i think our we had bigger cheerleaders than i was and um <laughs> but we played nine man football in south dakota but brad who was the real athlete on the team and he's now the iron man as i mentioned earlier you know brad got uh nominated for all conference and i was so bummed that year because i thought that i might get a shot at all conference i don't think we won a game i had the most tackles on the team but that was only because (laughs) i was the only guy in the middle and if you're a middle linebacker you should be getting all the tackles in the team but it's an important point that i am no iron man so falling is something that i am actually really good at (laughs) just recently i was in uh, Minnesota fishing with my brother and we were fly fishing the I think the south branch of the Root River and there was an embankment and there's as you know these there's all these wonderful runs that are oh, right against yeah. the bank and there were trees and so I was trying to make my way down the embankment and my feet went out from under me and I literally landed flat on my back 
Oh, wow. And, you know, I made sure my rod was fine. But I, <laughs> as I lay there, I thought, holy cow, you know, this really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so there's different ways you can fall. You can fall down a cliff. You can slip on a boulder. You can, And if you do that and hit your head in the water, yeah. you're toast. Yeah, you really are. Um, and some of these are not life-threatening, but they certainly can end a day of fishing. And yep. uh, as you know, in, in, in the Yellowstone, there's this sandy hill that you and oh, I have yeah. to slide it, down. It's really steep. Yeah. We always worry about, you know, climbing up the embankment because mm-hmm. it's it's really a cliff. It's, it is. It really is. Um, but it, the bigger problem is is actually coming down. And you've warned me several times, Dave, wait till I'm all the way down because you free up some boulder that starts oh, to yeah. roll down the hill and then knock yep. your buddy who's, you know, yeah. further down the cliff than right. you are. kill somebody. Yeah, absolutely. With those boulders, you'd kill them if, you, yep. if that hit your head. So um, there's also sprained ankles. Uh, I've had sprained ankles. Yeah, in fact, remember the first time that I mean, it was a week or so after we met in college, we were in Montana and we we took a, a backpack fly fishing, well, backpack fishing trip into uh, the Big Belt Mountains near Great Falls. Remember that? I do. Blank and Baker Flats. We actually found this gorgeous trout stream. We just pulled out a ton of these little pan-sized rainbows and brookies. And I remember rolling my ankle, yeah. coming down uh-huh. the final like uh, 300 yards yeah. to the stream. Yeah. And I could hardly get back out of there yeah. the next day or two whenever we yeah, left. That was tough. Hey, remember that waterfall? There was this yeah. gorgeous waterfall that cascade yep. into the stream. It was beautiful. Gorgeous pool. I think we caught a lot of rainbows out I of that little did. pool. Yeah. That was really good. That's back when we were still spinner fishing. Yeah, I know. It was true. I think I took my fly rod there, but I think I yeah. was mostly spinner I, I think fishing. I, I did the same, but yeah, we were catching them on little spinners. Okay, so falling is really yeah, one of the top dangers. Huge. And I think as you get older, yep. the more important uh, it is that you you are aware of that and really uh, slow down and not, you know, as you yep. work work a day and, and work a river. Very true. Another huge danger is lightning. Several years ago, I was fishing uh, right below the uh, Pine Creek Bridge on the Yellowstone River in Paradise Valley. And there's a, a rancher who lives there. Actually, my brother is married to his daughter. And so I would, you know, I could get on his property anytime I, I wanted. We, we fished on Yeah, we still get before. on there, don't we? Yeah, we do. Well, anyway, there is a spot where uh, I, I remember I had caught this really nice brown and then it started raining. And so I uh, I waited out this rainstorm under a big cottonwood tree and, and then the rainstorm passed and, and I went home and it was all fine. Well, a couple years after that, uh, he lost four cows. He's a cattle rancher. He loses four cows that were struck by wow. lightning under that very tree <laughs> where I had wow. been taking cover. And and I, I think that's when I really realized, boy, this is uh, this can be this is dangerous stuff. So one thing you want to remember is that a graphite rod is a lightning rod. Hmm. And when you're, uh, you know, in, in a situation where you think there, you know, you, you know that lightning is, is approaching or it, it might be, you, know, you got a storm coming, uh, you want to move away from the water, uh, place your fly rod flat on the ground. 
Uh, you want to make yourself small, maybe crouch in a ditch, uh, stay away from the big structures, which I didn't have a clue about then. Uh, but big structures, you know, could be buildings, it could be a, you know, a, a pavilion, it could be a big tree. Uh, hide in the brush, hide in smaller trees. Uh, I I read recently that lightning can travel 60 feet or so along the ground after hitting a structure. Can you believe that? Wow. Uh, especially if it's metal. So be aware of, of lightning and I, I know we've uh, we've been in situations before in a drift boat where we we've kind of gotten out you know, yeah we had to absolutely I think the hardest uh, point there the most difficult tip is to lay your rod on the ground holy yeah. cow <laughs> it has to be really bad lightning for me to do that yeah no kidding because <laughs> right. I'd almost rather lose my life than lose yeah. my fly rod yep <laughs> So, this is a dangerous sport, isn't it? You've got falling, you've got lightning. What else, Dave? Well, third is hypothermia, and this is true uh, with any outdoor sport. But yeah. I grew up in the Dakotas, and cold weather is a fact of life. My father tells the story one time, I think it was in the late 60s, where he was driving from Bismarck, North Dakota, which is the capital of North Dakota, to a town between Bismarck and the Canadian border, mm. and it's called Harvey, North Dakota. We actually, as a family, were living there wow. at the time. But he took, he had a station wagon, and he took some back roads, classic uh, classic <laughs> father move, right? Because yeah. he's from the rural. And so he had no four-wheel drive, and it was 20 below, and he decided to take this gravel road. So he started following these, and it was, wind was blowing, so it was, the wind was actually uh, driving the snow sideways, the, side, the snow was coming down. And he was following the tracks of a school bus, and he saw that there was a drift across the road, but that the school bus had gone over it. And um, he, he got into the middle of the drift, and the, and the, and the drift collapsed. Oh. Wow. So here he was, and my dad is ultimately the most prepared person, but he had no shovel. So here he's out in the middle of absolute nowhere. It's 20 below. He has no shovel, and his engine is filled with snow because it just fell through this mm. drift. Wow. So dad said he kept he was able to keep the car running for, I think it was two or three hours. He said it took that long to, to dig mm. out. Oh my! And he, so he was using his hands, and he, yeah. you know, be out for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and then go back oh, and sit wow. and warm, uh, warm his hands. So he finally got out and, and and you know lived to tell the story. But the point simply is, hypothermia is very real. Uh, it's very real, especially when you get wet, even in the summertime. Last summer, you and yeah. I were out in Yellowstone, mm -hmm. and I think the temp dropped twenty or thirty yeah. degrees. Yeah, it probably wasn't thirty degrees, but it was yeah. twenty degrees. It was at it least was, twenty. It was it warm was. when we left the truck, yeah. and we were out there fly fishing. Yeah. Um, and so it's really, really important that in that moment that you have layers and that you're aware yep. of the situation. Hypothermia is simply uh, when your body loses heat faster than it can produce it, right? Yep, that's correct. Yep. So um, I also take along these shake and bake hand warmers. They're yeah. kind of gimmicky. Mm -hmm. And in the end, they really don't work that well, especially if you're really, really cold. But they are an additive. They do help. Yeah, I, I piece do. I, to I the, like those. The puzzle. They're, Right, they're cheap and, and they are, they're effective. You can't get them wet, but uh, uh, that really helps get you going again. So what do you do for treatment? Well, 
Well, Mayo Clinic says to remove your wet clothing, and if you're with someone who has hypothermia, you you know cover the person with blankets, warm beverages, even share body heat, which they say skin to skin is best. Yeah. But I can't think of a worse thing uh, for you and me while oh, we're I out know. there. <laughs> oh, please no. Let's hope this never happens. Just let me die. <laughs> exactly. I think I'll take hypothermia. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's another danger that you face, and uh, it's, it's an obvious one, but we have to talk about it, and that's drowning. So wade safely. Now, we just did a, uh, we had a, a, a blog post on wading safely. You might want to go back and, and find that uh, for more details, but here's a couple of the highlights. I mean, first of all, don't wade too deep in swift water. Uh, just don't. Uh, felt soles are still uh, the, the best as far as traction. Uh, use a wading stack. And then something that that a couple of our uh, listeners or our readers at that point suggested that I hadn't thought about is use two wading belts. I mean, if, if you know you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be wading deeper water and it's fast, uh, have a wading belt not only at your midsection, that's usually where uh, you put your wading belt, but have one chest high. I mean, I, I know on both my Sims and Patagonia waders, there's kind of a drawstring that pulls the top up tight. but uh, not as tight as you really need it. So I, I'm going to buy another wading belt. And, yeah, that's a great that. tip. My brother, Matt, went to medical school with a f- with someone who ended up being a friend. Maybe it was in his uh, fellowship, his oncology, hematology fellowship. Uh, my brother stayed um, at the institution where he did his fellowship, but his friend moved to the West and uh, started a, a practice in the West. And one of his partners, uh, you know, lost his life on the yeah, Oregon wow. River. And yep. so it is important. And obviously, it's the type of rivers you fish. You're fishing some of those deep, uh, fast rivers in the West. Yep. Even if you have a wading belt, it's it's still a mm-hmm. risk because you get sucked under a log jam, yeah. you know, and, and you can't mm-hmm. you can't get out. Drowning is, is ever-present for a fly fisher. Yeah, it really is. You know, someone added to a uh, uh, comment on the Facebook page on that uh, post about the Ten Commandments of wading and said, work on your core and leg strength as well as doing balance exercises it has kept me out of trouble many times and I think I would have laughed at that when I was in my 30s and even 40s but you know I'm 54 now and and I think I'm still I feel like I'm in good shape but uh, it's not the kind of shape I was in when I was 34. No that core is very 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 important. It really is. Well one final danger what is it Dave? Well wildlife yeah and encountering wildlife yep. are, is always a danger uh, while you're fly fishing. And we have so many stories. Yeah. Um, we, we keep talking about this because it's so critical. Mm-hmm. You know, our uh, encounters have happened in Yellowstone Park. Well, outside the park as well. But right. um, mm-hmm. we had this story when we ran into some bison that never left the trail. We thought they would. And, you know, we ended up, you know, having a bite, yeah. you know, bull bison, walk, you know, stare oh, yeah. us down and walk towards us. We've told that story in a previous podcast. Yeah. But uh, so bison, um, there's bears if you're in the park. Yeah, so carry bear spray. That's huge. You know, give moose plenty of space. Yep. 
rattlesnakes. We yeah. Last year we saw a rattlesnake where we were fishing. One of the things, if you're fishing in the West, um, in some places, obviously, you may want to have a firearm. But in the parks, the national parks, you're not allowed to have that. But there has been right. some research um, that has shown that bear spray actually is a better deterrent than is uh, than is a firearm. Yeah, right. And, um, in fact, the UDAP spray that we right. use, um, their website talks about people using it for dogs and moose and, uh, and bison. Uh, they don't recommend it, but they do have stories of it working on other wildlife. So, you know, that UDAP spray uh, or bear spray, whatever you use, is really important if you're going into areas where there are grizzly, moose, uh, and other animals. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. We enjoy reading your comments, your questions, and your stories. Uh, today's item comes from Dwayne Dunham. He's a veteran fly fisher near Portland, Oregon. He's fly fished all over the West, from the Deschutes to the Madison. And he, he shared a couple things with us. One was uh, uh, just a, an item about safety. He says that he uses his waiting staff to ward off snakes. And that, that's a great point. I mean, some of the places we fish along the Madison, and are just thick with rattlesnakes and and uh, I, I've, I've sometimes had my my fly rod ready especially when it's broken into two parts I'm, I'm ready to you know to stick that down to ward off a snake but it makes sense doesn't it to use your yeah, waiting sure does. Staff. in fact you just purchased a waiting stick I yeah. have not I have not done yeah. that yet so uh, I, I need to do that yeah basically. yeah you do you do it I'll go in and buy a $15 waiting belt and you can plunk out uh, 10 times that much for a waiting yeah. staff. Here's the other thing that Dwayne Dunham shared. This is a funny story. You'll like this. It's on catching a bigger one. Uh, he was a professor. He said, in our faculty lunchroom one day, we were discussing our fishing prowess. Bass, trout, steelhead, salmon. Then our man from South Africa told of a fishing trip over there where his friend hooked a hippo. <laughs> That's a hippo. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Dwayne's comment. He said to the group, he says, Wow, the first liar does not stand a chance in this crowd. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, that's man. That's great. Well, that's going to do it for today. What other dangers should we be aware of and how can we avoid them? Please tell us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What ways do you avoid danger when you're fly fishing? You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even LinkedIn. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast feed on your mobile phone or tablet. Each week we publish a new episode of the podcast. We also publish a new article. And many of our listeners to the podcast uh, use podcasts as their mobile app for the podcast. And you can find podcasts in your app store. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a river. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing.